Welcome to the Aim in Practice podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about life as a practitioner, wellness in general, and what it means to practice. Today I'm going to be talking with Brienne, my fiance and the co-founder of Aim Online Education. And what we're going to be talking about is this really cool experiment that she just started where she's trying to really decide and hone in on what the optimal and ideal price of a massage service is. It's pretty interesting the approach that she took to this and we're going to follow this discussion up at the end of the year when she concludes the experiment, but I'll let Brienne describe the process, so enjoy. So today I'm going to be talking with Brienne and some of you may know that Brienne and I, we started AIM Online Education together about three years ago or so. And recently, Brian's been working on this really cool project where uh, it all started with investigating the fees that she's charging for her massage services and kind of asking, am I charging enough, uh, charging too much, really getting into the idea behind how much a massage should cost and I guess more specifically, how much her massage should cost. So that uh, that led down some pretty cool pathways because it turns out there's a lot more to it than one might expect. Uh, so Brienne has been, as I said, exploring this idea and she's uh, approached it in a very cool way, I think. So that's what we'll talk about today. Brienne's going to explain to us sort of everything she's been doing, uh, exploring this idea of how much one should charge for massage. So welcome. Thanks. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this project and how it all got started? Okay. Well, I had been thinking about increasing my prices for a while. Um, my price had stayed pretty much the same since I graduated three years ago. So I started out at 80 bucks an hour. That was my starting rate. And I'd been contemplating increasing my rates for, you know, almost a year. Anyway, so it was December and I needed a massage. So I found a therapist who worked out of her house who lives very close to us. And she could get me in in less than two days. 20 years of experience. I'm like, great, this sounds perfect. So I booked the massage. And um, when I got there to her treatment space, which was fine, it was a nice treatment space, the first thing that I noticed was there was just sheets on the table, no blanket. And I'm the type of person who's always cold, especially during a massage when I'm not moving. So I'm like, shoot, no blanket. Okay, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. No heater in the room, nothing. But uh, I'm trying not to psych myself up too much. Um, so I, I get on the table. She comes back in the room and she says to me, I use olive oil. I hope that's okay. And, um, you know, what's interesting about this, in, in retrospect, I hope that that's okay, is, you know, it doesn't really give the client a lot of of room to say it's not okay yeah. when the therapist is just hoping that it's okay. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've spent some time studying over the past year is, is trauma and trauma-informed language and this kind of thing. And one of the best things that you can do if you want to practice using trauma-informed language is to ask questions, ask yes or no questions. So rather than saying, I hope that's okay, why not say, is that okay? Mm -hmm. So at least there's some some room for the client to respond. Right, right. It sounded like it's it's actually a statement that's loosely disguised <laughs> as a question to kind of make you feel like you've got a choice. But yeah. in reality, it was just, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, what if it's not okay? Yeah. You know, what if I have an aversion to olive oil? I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't smell great. There's that. Or yeah. what if there's some sort of trigger around olive oil? Or something. You know, yeah. like... 
I got to thinking about what kind of problems I might have with olive oil. And I thought about that time that we were up at your dad's house and oh. it was the middle of the night and my throat was so dry. It was so painfully dry. And for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to take a shot of olive oil. I remember why you thought that was a good idea. Why? Because I suggested it. You did? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'm preparing to like tell this story and I'm thinking that maybe Andy, you know, your TCM friend Andy yeah. can explain this why I might have thought it was a good idea to, to take a shot of olive oil, but it makes sense. It was actually your idea. Yeah, Is that idea. a TCM thing? Or no. Like, no. <laughs> anyway, that olive oil was, I'm pretty sure it was rancid. It was super old and disgusting. And um, the, the moral of the story is do your best to give your clients options. Mm-hmm. Maybe olive oil is not okay. I think that's fair advice. All right. So that's pretty much it. The massage was fine. It was great. You know, she had lots of experience. Her technique was fine. I left feeling pretty good. It was just these two relatively small things. No blanket on the table, no heater, and olive oil. And I think because I've I've made a special effort to, you know, I make my own massage gel with my own recipe, and I have backup options in stock if somebody for instance is allergic to beeswax then i would just use coconut oil or avocado oil you know something really simple and pure that most people probably already have in their kitchen anyway and our treatment room also as you know it's got you know a table warmer it's got a space heater i've got um a towel warmer i've mm-hmm. got all the warm things so got the uh, the diffuser got the a diffuser yeah, there's a salt lamp, nice blankets. It's pretty ducked out. There's a sauna. Yeah. Right. So I like to be warm, and I like my people to, my clients to, to be warm too. Yeah. And so when I didn't get that when I went for this massage, which was lovely, as I said, it just got me thinking, okay, do I need to increase my rates if if this person is charging $80 an hour, and for $80 an hour you get olive oil and no blanket, and at my house you can come and get all of these extra things, I think it's probably time for a price increase. Right. And like I said, I I started at $80 an hour. That was when I was fresh out of school, which felt fair to me because I was a new therapist. You know, I didn't have a lot of experience. So mm-hmm. $80 felt right. But then one year led to the next, which led to the next. And all of a sudden, I'm three years in and I haven't increased my prices. So mm-hmm. I started looking into what everybody in started with my area, the southeast quadrant of Calgary, and then I expanded it to include the whole city to see what home-based practitioners are charging. So I started with home-based practitioners, and basically I surveyed, I think, 23 different home-based practitioners who have a website and had their information posted on their websites and found that the average for a 60-minute massage is $96. Mm-hmm. And the average for a 90-minute massage from home-based practitioners is $134. So I've decided to increase my rates to pretty much exactly that amount to be on average. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. And um, moving forward, one of my New Year's resolutions is to get a massage from somebody new every single month. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. I mean, you and I give each other massages. Wait, I should say we used to give each other massages yeah, like on Massage during Monday. COVID, when yeah. I wasn't busy giving everybody else massages, Jess yeah. would get a massage, you know, every every other week or so. Yeah, yeah, and the same thing. I'd give you one here and there as well. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about coming home and then 
having to do more of that or finishing your yeah. work day, even though we work from home, having to do more of it. Not ideal. And then you kind of get bored of the same techniques. I mean, I can't actually say I got bored of your massage, but you know, it's good to learn from different practitioners. So. I feel like people must get bored of my massages. Mm-hmm. Like I have got my regular clients who I see every week and I feel like I do almost the same thing every week. And in my head, I'm thinking, aren't you bored of this yeah. yet? But they keep booking, so <laughs> I guess not. But it is nice to to switch it up. And although trades are awesome mm. sometimes there's something about actually just paying for a massage that yeah. is is really satisfying in a way mm-hmm. you know you just get to enjoy completely yeah. there's no thinking about doing the trade or when it's your turn to be the therapist mm-hmm. or whatever and i think there's something to like if you're going to a new therapist kind of the anonymity is nice as well right like it's just a, a totally blank slate there's no expectations it's nice totally and you can maybe if you're lucky pick up some of their techniques yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if it's a good treatment anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so yesterday i started my new year's resolution goal i went for my first massage with um someone i've kind of crossed paths with in the yoga and massage world she's blending those two things together and Um, It just reinforced that a good massage often for for me in my experience actually involves a little bit more than just hands on Mm, skills. Right. Yeah. So with this massage I had yesterday, you know, she had a beautiful, beautiful treatment space, table warmer. She had memory foam on her table. Yeah. It was amazing. I got on the table and there was all these little bumps. I could feel like these soft, really cushiony bumps. I'm like, what is that? And we got to chatting. I told her about my project and she was started telling me all of the things that she's done for her space. And mm. she's got memory foam on the table, which was amazing. And she made a really good point that, um, you know, for pregnant people, especially who maybe have tender breasts when you're working on the upper back and pushing down, it can be really uncomfortable for them. So that was her, um, I think her main reason for putting the memory foam down, but it's great for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any room left on our table on top of the sheets, sheepskin and all the things. But yeah, memory foam, great. And she also had a a special um, face cradle. She said it was heart-shaped and there was something about this face cradle that made it so that clients are less likely to be congested. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And she said it works. And now that I think about it, I don't think I was sniffling at all while I was face down with her. So Was it like comfortable on the forehead and cheese? Because that's my biggest complaint. Everywhere. Yeah, it was nice. comfortable everywhere and I wasn't congested. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and she was just lovely. So I've got my journal. I'm going to keep track of all of these different massages that I get throughout the next 11 months. And I'm just noting, like, what was memorable about the massage and what was most memorable about my massage yesterday, actually, was just the therapist, just Mm. her, you know, the way that she listened, the way that she was able to to show up and just hold space, a certain level of consciousness, I think she had. So that was the first thing that I noticed. And it's interesting just reflecting back on the experience, like it wasn't actually her massage that Mm -hmm. made the massage great, although her technique was amazing. It was her, first of all. And then it was her space and all these little things that I could tell she really put an effort into Mm -hmm. to make her clients more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I remember you telling me about this last night and thinking, and you even mentioned it yourself, you know, you went through all of these other things and then almost as an afterthought, you're like, oh yeah, the massage itself was really good too. Mm -hmm. And when we were chatting about it, what, what came to mind is 
when we really sat down and tried to come up with like our, our mission with AIM, like what mm-hmm. we really wanted to do, like mm-hmm. one of the things that stood out for us is this this saying, like there's so much more to being a good practitioner than just hands-on skills, mm-hmm. being a massage therapist or an acupuncturist or, mm-hmm. or any form of therapist is is like that hands-on stuff, it matters mm-hmm. because if you had a great experience but a crappy massage, yeah. you wouldn't go back, right? You're right, you're right. Um, but that being said, is the experience itself, man, that accounts for so much, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a, a massive, I can't give a yeah. percentage, but it's huge. Yeah. All the other things, the interpersonal skills, the way that she communicated, you mentioned that too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she spoke to you in a good way. So I think it, it's pretty cool that your experience really reinforced this idea that we both so strongly believe in, that there is so much more to being a wellness practitioner than just your technical skills. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what's next? Like, how do you keep this project going? Well, what's next is we wait till February and <laughs> I'll keep taking notes on what's memorable and not. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll come back on the podcast in a year from now. How are you deciding who to go to? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, the therapist that I saw yesterday, she came recommended and has amazing reviews. I've been following her on Instagram and, you know, she's booked for two months and all the things. So I'm like, she must be good. So that's how I booked her. And then during my treatment with her yesterday, I said, who do you go to for massage? And she gave me a list of some people and one of the therapists is down kind of in our area and I'm going to go check out her next. So I think I'm just going to kind of follow this trail of therapists who have delivered a, you know, a positive experience and then ask them where they go to for their positive experiences and hopefully it just keeps getting better yeah i like that Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be a pretty cool project i mean not only are you going to get a pretty good idea of what makes an experience awesome but also you know you can use that information to help other people because the the experience as we said is so important so helping other people who listen or people who take our courses really hone in on all these little details that you can do to kind of up the ante make the experience better without having to spend a bunch of money on decorations maybe or whatever it might be yeah and if you do choose to spend extra money on things is it fair to reflect that in the price that you're charging to the public right Mm -hmm. yeah so you know is it worth charging more if for instance you use pot towels right you know Mm -hmm. and you do more of a spa experience can you charge more for that i don't know or if something else that kind of came up as i was trying to figure out what to charge so coming back to my my project about how much a massage is worth is something I noticed that some practitioners will charge extra when they're when they're offering a certain modality. I see this a lot with um, rapid. Mm-hmm. Most therapists who are trained, not most, but several therapists who have trained with rapid NFR charge more for rapid. It's not part of like their base price. Whereas me personally, I I just have one price Mm -hmm. and that way I can reach for whatever tool I need during my time with that person. If they need fascial stretch therapy, I do fascial stretch therapy. I'm not like, that's going to be an extra $20, please, in order for me to help you. Mm -hmm. No. So maybe instead of, this might be an option, instead of offering more for a certain modality, no, just increase your overall price and always have that available to help your people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very different modes of practicing, but I've certainly always lent more heavily towards the 
the this is one price, and you're, you're going to get all my tools, everything I've got to offer. Yeah. You're going to get, and I'm going to do my absolute best to help you in this time we have together, and use mm-hmm. everything at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, but as such, because while you're there, you're you're getting everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my my prices do reflect that. Right, they mm-hmm. reflect the fact that I've taken many different continuing ed courses, and they were maybe pricey courses. Mm-hmm. Because we all know that continuing ed courses can be pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but the most expensive course I've ever taken was over $3,000 for yeah. five days. And that did not include my travel expenses to the States and accommodation and food and all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they add up real quick. Yeah. yeah I can't say it was $3,000 for five days, but over that for a longer period of time, however, it was just mm-hmm. another certification. But it, it certainly adds up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an interesting question, too, that perhaps we'll explore uh, is is how does that get reflected over time, right? Because in every year, we're mandated to take continuing education, so we kind of have to spend this money. Mm-hmm. But does that mean by year 20, when you've dumped an extra, like, $40,000 in a continuing ed, your massage is $300 right. or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, where's the limit to these? And, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that's something that has to be explored as well. And perhaps as you go through this experiment, you'll you'll really figure out, like, what makes a $120 massage worth $120? Right. It's a really important question mm-hmm. because it's not just the skills. It plays a role, but mm-hmm. there's so much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's more than just the skills for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to this project, particularly because uh, you're going to learn some new things and I'm going to be the one who gets mm-hmm. to experience those new yeah, things. We'll so, see. yes, yeah, we'll see what she says. <laughs> you can book in. Okay, I'll book in. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. And we'll uh, we'll catch up again at the end of the year on this particular project. Sounds good.